I'm James Deacon and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and the worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they are a dick is up to you. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is writer and comedian Sarah Barron. Hello. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm absolutely fine, thanks. How are you? Good. I thought that was a really good intro of yourself. I really appreciate that. Thanks. Um... Should we dive in? Let's dive in. Who's going to be your first person? Okay, so I thought I would, I, um, so you've asked me for three and I was trying to divvy that up between like, cele- you know, celebrities basically versus like just personal things. Sure. And I, so one is going to be a game time decision if that's all right. But Great. the one that I'll start with is the most psychotic celebrity I've ever encountered. Wow, okay. And I waited, most of my celeb encounters have been because I was a waiter in New York City. Okay. On and off for 10 years. And half of that was was spent at like sort of a a cool hip restaurant. So the worst person I ever met was Sean Lennon. Wow. He was so horrible that it felt like... um, like it almost felt like you were on a candid camera waiting to see because you're like no one would behave this way and I I mean this was years ago but what happened was I didn't know who he was right because he looked so bad in person okay for real like I'd seen photos of him and I'm like oh that's like a hot dude and then in person it was like like three-dimensional moles which is neither here nor there but sort of sort of an interesting detail so I was sort of back and forth to this table without having any clue who this guy was and I had said to a friend of mine like oh my god the guy on table 19 is a fucking nightmare. And basically it started with me going over and saying like, you know, hi, do you guys have any questions on the menu? And he was like, I don't have any questions on the menu, but can I ask you to change the music? <laughs> and I was like, oh, unfortunately, you know, and I'd worked there for a while. So it's like, you know, unfortunately we can't, as much as we would like to cater to everyone's individual tastes, we can't. And this is, you know, this is sort of what, what our management has chosen is what we'll be, <laughs> what we'll be playing for the duration of your meal. Can I, whatever I would have said. <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. like, here's the thing. And this is a direct quote. He said to me, he was like, here's the thing. I know music. <laughs> and this is bad music. And oh then he get like God. a manager over to explain to him like that we weren't going to take his iPhone and use his iPhone. Like it started there so and it went downhill. That he said that. Yeah, it was really, really crazy. Because I always thought there would be like most celebrities were a bit weird the mm. way that you would like how do you stay normal through that experience? Sure. But but most of them also have some semblance of wanting to perform right, okay, normalcy okay. or decency. And then whether or not you can kind of catch them out being like, you're a dick, but you're trying to perform otherwise. And this was just like this real naked It's just uh, out and lunacy. out. Just, yeah. Yeah. So he's person number one. Does he feel like everyone knows who he is? I think he I think he must have done. Because I, I, I know who he is, but I'm pretty sure that if I was stood next to him on the tube, I don't know if I... You don't think you'd know him? I don't know. I, I wonder if that's different. I was in New York and I wonder, like, he's like a New York guy, ah, yes, actually. Of course. It's the thing with yes, him. Yes, yes. Um, I can picture him, but I'm just like, like, where does he get off just going around just being like, I can just throw him away I mean, Because like don't you feel like it, if you were him, you just a word you'd never say is music? Yeah, for sure. Like that would yeah. just be like a thing you didn't yeah. talk about. I know. And then music. he was talking about um he wanted some kind of dessert wine or something. Mm. Like a grappa. And I was saying, Oh well we don't because we're this kind of restaurant, we don't serve grappas, but I can bring like a sommelier over who could recommend and he was just like that I remember being like, It's 
crazy that you don't serve that. Oh, being like, oh, okay, just, on. just the absolute. Do you think he's doing that everywhere he goes? Do you know what I remember reading in the newspaper? Like there's like this gossip columnist yeah. at the time. And I remember seeing in the newspaper like a couple years later that he had like he was trying to find a girlfriend in the newspaper or something. And you're like, oh, th- like this was a guy on the edge of a nervous breakdown. Right. OK. Sort of getting there. But yeah, I think that like like. Um, don't don't take that out on. Yeah, but people, I also think that they really, like, there just is stuff. If there's a celebrity that comes into your restaurant, like, there's a way that gets catered to. And there's, there's like, insurance Mm. policies in place so that if a certain kind of person walks in and you're on a two-hour wait, Mm. that person is not going to have to wait. Sure. And you just think if you kind of move through life that way. He's getting that treatment all the time. Yeah, like, of course he's going to. Yeah. You'd have to be very, very decent of heart mm. to be able to like make it through that without being horrendous sure <clears throat> sean lennon yeah okay yeah yeah anything else on sean lennon i don't think so no. but i was trying to think like who are the i was trying to think of like what my worst celebrity story was yeah and i i think i'm not saying it's that good a story but i think sean lennon being like I'm going to ask you to change the music of this oh restaurant that seats 200 people because I know music was, was oh the most. Oh, my God. That is horrible. You felt like that's not someone you want to have to be yeah. marooned with. Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be awful. Um, Sarah, who's yeah. going to be your second choice? Who okay. My second choice is going to be this woman who I was introduced to a few years ago hmm. in that way that is always a kiss of death. Hmm. Her name's Beth. That is her real name. And we were introduced at this sort of a a friend of mine was having a birthday party. And this Beth and I had never met before. And she was like, oh, my God, you and Beth are like the same person. You will love each other. You're both hilarious. You have to meet. (sighs) That was sort of how we met. And it wasn't like she... She just sort of seemed like relative, like there was definitely zero chemistry there, but she didn't strike me one way or the other. And then we would sort of at this one friend, our mutual friend was named Aaron. And, every, you know, a couple of times a year we would see each other at Aaron's um, different events. You know, there'd be mm-hmm. a birthday party or a Christmas yeah. party or whatever. And um, she, you know, those people who are like so... I, I, I imagine that what goes on in their head is th- is what they tell themselves about themselves. It's like, I'm someone who tells it like it is. Oh, right. Okay. Like, yeah. I'm just like, like, I'm just really honest. <laughs> yeah. I'm an honest person. I say what I'm thinking and yeah. you're like, fucking grow up. Yeah. Like, talk about me behind my back like a grown up. <laughs> yeah. And be nice to me to my face. Oh. And like, there was this one. So she's, she's a writer, which can mean a million things. Hmm. Right. Like being a writer can mean that like you're an actual genius and you've won the man Booker Prize. Like that could be what it means. It could also mean that you review beauty products online for cosmopolitan.com. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she does. Okay. Now, I'm not knocking that. Like if you're making a, if you got a job, you're making your own money. Like there's value in that. I don't judge jobs. Mm. But I do judge them if if what you do is like talk about what lip gloss is hot that yeah, month yeah. and then like show up to social events. And I'm like, well, it's really interesting because like I'm a writer and as a writer and a friend of a, a mutual friend of ours have played a drinking game whenever she shows up, shows up called as a writer. 
Oh, that's good. She that's says so good. as a writer or I'm a writer so often that to make it palatable. That's amazing. You have to have a drinking game around it. So every time Beth says I'm a writer or as a writer references her career as a writer, you have to mm. try and get yourself drunk. Anyway, so she um, the worst thing she did to me once is we were I, I had just finished watching The Sopranos, which I watched like a decade later than everybody else. And I came to this party like admittedly about five years too late, like really wanting to talk about The Sopranos. And I I had read all this stuff and I had analyzed the last. Have you seen the last episode of The Sopranos? I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> I know. Well, the world can't wait for you anymore, can it? But you know that the last episode of The Sopranos, it's because you're younger than I. I think your generation, right. you're like proper millennial, right? Uh, I actually, yeah. I, so I, I think proper millennials probably don't, like they don't, The Sopranos isn't in them the way it's in us older folk. Okay, yeah. But the last episode of The Sopranos was a thing. Thing. Yeah. And everyone was very unsatisfied by it and very confused by it. Okay. And so I had done all this reading up and I was like gagging to talk about yeah, it. And I was yeah. like, okay, everyone, here's the thing. Listen to me. This is what I think happened. What do you guys think happened? Blah, blah. You know, I'm sort of, I'm sure I was being a bit annoying trying to manufacture this conversation about the last episode. And I was like, everyone, listen, this is the thing, right? I read like five hours on this yeah. shit last night, blah, blah, blah. And, sh- and Beth went, um, Hello, five hours. Pathetic, anyone? Oh my god! To my face, and I was like, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was one of like sort of socially the more aggressive things that you know you're just like hanging out at a party, making awful small, you know, yeah, small talk, just kind of wanting to die, but trying to keep the conversational <laughs> yeah. ball in the air. Um, hello, pathetic, anyone? So I think she's one of the worst people, and between that and always being like a like, she's one of the most grating people I've ever met. Right, okay, yeah. So she'd be my number two. So she, like, you've got to be completely, uh, you've got to have no self-awareness to to do that, right? I think she's, like, socially, like a level of social incompetence that's very dramatic. To keep repeating that I'm a writer, I'm a writer, and not realise that you're just going on about it all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I just think you you always downplay. Mm. You have to downplay what it is that you do. Yeah. Be cool. Don't... Like you described me as a comic, which is very gracious of you. Yeah. In fact, I'm an aspiring comic, right? Like, so that's not how I make my money. It's how I'd like, oh, that's how I make some money. It's how I'd like to make more. But these people I knock around with who like, maybe, maybe they're making 200 pounds a month. Sure. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And you go on their Twitter bio and it's like comic, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's what you want to be, not what you are. Downplay. Yes, that's it. Downplay it. Yeah. As a writer reviewing your lip gloss. Oh my God. Beth. We all know Beth. Everyone knows Beth. Well, the thing is, I know many Beths and the other ones are all very lovely and dear to me, but this one is quite evil. Amazing. Well, hi, That's Beth. That's my number two. Hi, Beth. <laughs> all, you know, said with all love and respect to the podcast, I feel that she's not gonna, there's yeah. not going to be an intersection I between Desert fine. Island. She wouldn't know Desert Island discs. Yeah. It's very safe for me as an American. So. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm telling myself I'm safe. Touch wood. Yeah, that's great. And uh, who's going to be your third choice? So now I'm just I'm trying to decide between another person I know who I who personally I hate versus another celebrity who I hate. Um, Should I go? I feel like we let's let uh, let's bend the rules. Do you know what I mean? Celeb. If you want if you want to talk about both, we can probably talk about both. No, I'll, so I'll, I'll I'll just say it quickly. My feeling is that James Corden is one of the worst people that's ever been born. I think that you're not. And I think I'm not the only one. And I think the tides are turning on him. And it brings me 
unbelievable joy. Okay, yeah. So, like, I'd heard really awful things about him. Mm-hmm. I then listened to his Desert Island discs. Mm. And I felt, and, it you know, it was around the time that um, the psychopath test by John Ronson was, like, in everyone's hands, riding the tube, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So everyone was like, psychopath, psychopath, psychopath. But I did listen to him and be like, he's performing being a human. Yes, for sure. Like he's not a human. He's performing. This is what people say. And and she was asking him. I mean, and I, you know, I'm sort of was late to the James Corden party because I'm not from here. Mm. But um, and this was before he became a name in the states. But he, you know, he was talking about his rise to fame and misbehaving and sort right. of trying to justify all that. And I mean, it sounded like a press release. Like oh, I was like, right, okay. this guy has no empathy. Yeah. He has no sympathy. He's talking about his wife and his kids like you would talk about how you love a wife and kids. Okay, yeah. I fucking, like one of the things in life that makes me the most upset, and this says something negative about <laughs> me, which is fine is the popularity of carpool karaoke. Yeah, for sure. It's the dumbest, <laughs> lowest common denominator. Like anything that is about, let's look at a famous person do a thing. And that is like the lowest common denominator of comedy. Mm, it's sure. the lowest of the low. Yes. Yeah. I'm not saying that can't, it can't be fun, but that, like, that he got Michelle Obama on there just is like the most upsetting thing. And, you know, then he told like those really off color Harvey Weinstein jokes. Oh yeah. And I just, I feel that like, you know, he's now this late night American talk show host. And there's Mm. this divide between those talk show hosts of like good, smart, like smart stuff and crappy stuff. Sure. So like Jimmy Fallon is crappy, but he's a really good dude. Mm. And James Corden is crappy, Mm. but he's a, bad dude so you yeah. can't sell to middle america in the same way i'm rambling at this point but no the point you're fine. Is, i think he's the other worst person that i've ever met and i would least like to be around oh wow okay i i think he's horrible and if if his end comp like wouldn't it just it would just be great if he lost if he couldn't work anymore i think because i think he's not a good person and he's not talented okay. and i'm nobody so can't i say this you can yeah for sure so from being from here i see and hear a lot about him and that show right but in america is that show that popular yeah i think it's that popular and i right. think it's it's uh, the reason is is because that carpool karaoke shit i haven't watched many of them i know what it is and i've seen a couple for, yeah. for sure but um in it it's weird because when the video starts right the car door opens and a celebrity gets in and everyone cheers but everyone knows what celebrity is going to be in there right yeah but that's so american all that kind of <laughs> someone got in the car Woo! Okay, right, okay. Can I say one more thing about him? Sure. And then I think I've gone on about this long enough. I think, well, this will be my three. But um, so there's a a radio show, American radio show called Fresh Air Mm. that I don't listen to quite as religiously as I used to. But the woman who hosted is a woman named Terry Gross. She's like as big in radio in the US as you can get. And she's really well thought of as an interviewer. And I really like her and i think part of what i like is that i think you can really hear in her voice what she thinks of her guests okay that's cool there's nothing cold about her she's warm she's interested it's what makes her a good interviewer but you can also tell when you're like oh terry gross did not whatever so she had james corden on and you could tell that she he he talked about his career because he got to host the tonys or something you know these big Mm -hmm. the big theater awards in the states and I 
James, I'm not kidding when I say to you, he was talking about his path, his journey as though he had found the cure for cancer and oh, now like man. the level of what it meant that he was so over the top and so like everything that any british person would make fun of an american for being mm. like that kind of self-serious earnest it was and you could tell it made her uncomfortable because she was like you you are talking about yourself you, you know that you're talking about yourself and hosting the, the tonys which is is cool but like you didn't it's cancer, not, not yeah or it wasn't it's not even someone like Lin-Manuel Miranda like the guy who wrote Hamilton or something you know mm. not that that's curing cancer but here's some guy who's yeah. now thought of as sort of the genius of this fo- like it was like he was talking like that and it was it was really quite something so I like to the thing about James Corden is is I do like to hate listen to him mm, okay, because I feel like right. he really delivers with his ridiculousness it gives you an insight into his ridiculousness yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's fine Okay, cool. James Gordon. Sarah, now mercifully, among the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Okay, so worst food. Mm. My husband makes himself a sandwich Mm -hmm. that involves smearing on Marmite, which is fine. Yeah. And it like melts together with butter. Okay. And it makes me feel physically ill when I look at it. And then like the disgusting knife just like friggin' hangs out in the kitchen all day with its schmear, like its gag schmear on it. It's disgusting. Do you hate Marmite? No. Do you know what? I don't. I just don't. No Marmite. Okay, yeah. But I'm also, strangely, as someone who, I, I, I wish I didn't love dairy as much as I do, but ice cream, mm. you know, uh, cheese, all of it I love, but I don't like anything too, like, buttered or mayonnaise Okay, right. So the idea of anything like that, already I'm like, uh, and then wrap that up with some mar- like melted, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. it actually makes me feel, it actually makes me feel like I'm going to gag. Yeah. Um, so I think that's my worst. I mean, there's a lot of foods I find absolutely mm. nauseating, and that's up there. So no Marmite in America, or no, or equivalent. No, anyone who did would be like an Anglophile who's like, I went to Britain one time, you know. But yeah. no, no Marmite, nothing. It is quite an odd thing. It's like really weird, salty. The thing is, is I've heard it's very, it's like very, it's yeast, yeah, right? And it's yeah. very umami-y. Okay, right. And I do like myself some umams. So I think I'd probably be into it if I could just give it a go. But I, I associate it with my husband doing disgusting shit in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah. So I like can't quite, I can't quite embrace it. Is it just with butter? Like just No, he's mixed. It's like any mixing of any, like peanut butter and jelly. Which, you know, in the States is the thing, makes me feel like I'm going to die. And as a child, there'd be these disgusting containers that would be swirls Mm. of peanut butter with jelly. And it would like, I would, as a child, I would have to like cover my eyes as I went down that part of the aisle in the supermarket. Really? It was so disgusting. So any mixing of, mixing of spreads is a real problem for me. Really? Oh, uh, what is it about the mixing? Uh, <laughs> this is a disgusting thing for people to have to talk about, like foods that you find. Yeah, like I feel vomitous. It's so gross. You yeah. want me to move off it? No. no. What, I what, just, what is it about the combining of the... It's just 
ugh, I don't know. <laughs> no, okay, it's just yeah. this repulsive. Uh, oh, it's so gross. Really? I'm just trying to think of. Like, other... I am not going to vomit, but right. I really, thinking about it can really make me feel. Okay, I'm just going to put throw something out there. Disgusting. You're having a curry, right? You're, okay. you're having a, like a saucy curry, and you yeah. might put some like yogurt on it. Fine. That's fine. Totally different. This is not. This is different. Apples and oranges. Yeah. Yeah. So it specifically spreads. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I see where you are. I think it's fine. And sometimes like a a little snack that I'll make sure I have with me in my bags at all times. My bags. My bags. (laughs) My bags. My various bags. (laughs) I will um, mix. This is very posh, but Mm -hmm. if the shoe fits, um, dried cherries. Yep. With um, like a raw cashew. Oh right, yeah, that's good. So that is so so, and that's fantastic. And I could give it to you right now, and you'd be like, Sarah, that's really special. And I'm, I would I'm, say, James, I know. I think I've had it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nice. really good. Yeah, 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 maybe I've given it to you because I've always got it with <laughs> yeah. me. And that is a combination of a fruit and a nut. Yes. Why is that different from peanut butter and jelly? Blended. Yeah, yeah. but but I'll, I'll I will take. You know, I will take two nuts to one cherry, pop them in. And it, it, so it's something to do with That's so texture. specific. Ugh. Like sometimes my husband will put like jam and butter on a piece of toast. And really? I'll feel that I'm going What are you going to have on toast? What would you have? I would have um, nut butter alone on toast. Butter alone. Mostly if I had a piece of toast, my ideal would be to dip that into a very expensive olive oil that I'd sprinkled some salt into. <laughs> yeah. And not just some bullshit salt, some friggin' like yeah. pink Himalayan rock salt. <laughs> so I'm a good. little snot, but the only redeeming factor is that I know that I am. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's great. That's so good. And just try that. The next time you're like, look at this nice hunk of bread. What should I do? Mm. Olive oil, rock salt. Yeah, you should have some of that shit in your house because it will just—it's really not that expensive. It's no. the price of a pint. Yeah, and you will feel that you're living your best life when you're like, "Let me get my pink rock salt out of my cupboard." I'm gonna go shopping on the way home today, and I'm gonna get myself. Oh, that. I'll treat myself. That's what. When's your birthday? Uh, it's not until September. Shit. Yeah. When is your When is your partner's birthday? June. No birthday soon. No birthday soon. All right, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get okay. you some nice shit. All right. Okay. You know, every day can be a birthday. Every day, can, of course. I don't need an occasion. What's going to be your drink choice? I struggled with this. I mean, basically, mm. I my entire life, I have hated all sodas. Just like... From the time I was... It's not a health thing. It's not like, oh, it's bad for you to drink a bunch of cola. Mm. My Like, as a kid, I re, it was so fun. You know, it's what people did to be like, oh, mom, can I have a Coke? Blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Coca-Cola, root beers... Any soda, Ooh, anything is it's disgusting to me. Can't get it down. Don't know why. Sugar, is it sugary? Yeah, but I like sugar. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I've never had a major sweet tooth. I don't like anything, you know, but, but I don't think it's that. It's so, like, you know, the, the, the flavor of mm. Coca-Cola is like the biggest, greatest mystery in the world, yeah. right? Other yeah. than like the perfect ketchup. So it's a strange thing. Like, why don't I like it? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Do you like that would be orange juice, apple juice, flat like flat drinks like that? It's never my go-to. No, yeah. You know, I lo- I mean, what I genuinely love, and I have, if I may say, mm. my relationship to food is not the most. I mean, it's fine, but I feel like most people are weird with food. You're a lucky person if you're just like a totally functional eater. But I have a very functional relationship with alcohol. Yeah, okay. I mean, I love a drink, and I very rarely get that drunk. Mm. 
but I love straight liquor. Okay. All right. I will never mix my liquor with anything. Ah. I don't want ice in there. I just want a straight shot of something. I love like the taste of pure alcohol. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And I mean, I'm a, like, no, it's great, but and yeah. I've ne- I mean, I've never, I've never get very drunk, but I, and I don't drink that much, but I just, even like if I take nail polish off my nails, the mm. smell of like nail polish remover, the I alcohol. Really just... so there's something about that potency that really works for me. And I feel like on some scale, like on a flavor scale, is mm. something about like sweet sodas the other side. Yeah. But orange juice, like when I see with a beautiful glass of champagne cut with, Orange juice. Orange juice, I'm like, come on. Yeah. No, don't spoil it. Yeah. Tonic and gin? No, just the gin. Have you always been like that? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, no, it took me a while to figure it out. Okay. And it's, I would say it's the only, like my husband the other night was like, oh, because it's like a Christmas present for myself. I bought myself a bottle of, like a small bottle of rum. Nice. It's like, I'm just going to drink that rum straight when I want it, like between Christmas and New Year's. <laughs> <It's> great. <laughs> Pour myself so a good. shot of rum. And um, my husband was like, oh, do you remember when, like, when we were first together, like you'd always, or- like I would order like bourbon, neat. Yeah. And I just like throw back scotch and it really doesn't fit with my personality. Yeah. Like that's cool, right? Yeah. If I may say that's a yeah, cool, it's cool thing. Yeah, it's cool. Yes, nice. Yeah. But it really no other aspect of me is cool in that way. But I can hold my scotch. It's so strange. It's yeah. so But you enjoy it as well. Oh god, right. I'm not doing it as an affect. Yeah. Like I'm the woman who always packs a lunch. I always have food on me. It's very uncool. I'm always taking Tupperware out yeah. with food. That is not the woman who orders a neat scotch. No, yeah. And yet it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so soda is my non Soda, yeah, okay. All right. Fizzy drinks. No fizzy drinks. All right. Was there like a time in your childhood where you like you were denied like a soda? Well, my mother was very weird. Like my mother was mm. Miss Health Food, but... So you, can't, bro- you didn't have them in the house? No, or, uh, never. But, but there were other things like we could never have sugary cereals. We could mm. never blah, 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 blah. But I can remember, like, then I would get to go to a friend's house to play and I would get to have, like, Honey Nut Cheerios oh, or right. Cookie yeah. Crisp or, you know, these different, like, really sugary cereals and I would live and die for them. And I would want to want a Coke. Yeah. Because then you would think, like, because you denied it at home, you might go the other way and you'd go around someone else's house and you'd be like, this is my opportunity. Let me hit and this. Then, yeah. Never. Okay. All right. Fizzy drinks. Fizzy drinks. And straight scotch. <laughs> and straight scotch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so cool. Yeah, I know. Sarah, fortunately for you, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and one is your least favourite song. Oh, right. What are they and why? Okay, so I I, pl- I, I played the movie thing as least, least favourite of recent years. And I really took issue with Baby Driver. Yes. Okay. I haven't seen it, but okay. I've heard. Okay. I'll let you okay. do it. Yeah. So when I went to see it, it was like, you know, and it's always a problem when you're suffering under the weight of high expectations. And it was like, oh, this students will be studying this. It is It is the millennial answer to um, to Pulp Fiction. And, mm. you know, Pulp Fiction is one of my favorite films of, like, you know, like yeah. everybody else, whatever. Incredible, but yeah. an, an incre- in my opinion, an incredible film. And um, I found the representation of women was so insane mm. that if it had come up, even in a less woke 
period and history. Mm. So it's like, hold on, I'm going to watch a young 25-year-old listen to music and drive around. And the message about women is sometimes women are tough. Okay. Other times women are really sweet. Okay. Like it was it was so offensive to right, me. Yeah. That even if it hadn't been spoken about in this brilliant young director, like I couldn't believe it got away with what it got away with and was heralded as brilliant cinema. Wow. I'll watch some shit from the male gaze, no problem. Yeah. But I'd like it to be good. Okay, yeah, sure. And this was just like I really, really hated Baby Driver. That's all. Okay, Baby Driver. Baby Driver, two thumbs down yeah. from me. You have to deal with that for the rest of your life. Um, and what's going to be your song choice? Well, mm. this is this is my this is the song that makes my skin crawl because it evokes such a painful personal memory for me. Which is, it's a song called "Extraordinary." It's from the early noughties. It's by Liz Fair. <laughs> And I don't even know if she was a thing over here because I felt like that was sort of the, the 90s were when Britain and, and the States really went in different directions with their music. And I can't remember whether we'd converged again by like 2002 or three. But so there's this this song and the lyrics go and I'm going to sing it and we're mm. going to make eye contact. And it's okay. uncomfortable. Okay. But she goes, I am extraordinary if you'd only get to know me. And that's like part of the song. You right? couldn't keep eye contact either. <laughs> Did I not? No. Oh, I got too. I was no, like too into it. This yeah. is too uncomfortable. Yeah. So I used to when I was in New York in my twenties, early twenties, um, and I was waiting tables, and I had this debilitating crush on this guy who worked in the kitchen, like the kind of crush you know. It's like it's the highs are so high and the lows are so low, and yeah. you're like twenty two, and it's all great and so miserable. And that song was popular. And I would ride my bike home from this job at like midnight because restaurants are open so late there, which they are in London now, too. So it's mm. fine. Anyway, and there the, the bridges in New York that connect Manhattan to Queens and Brooklyn are these huge epic things. Right. Yeah. Long and short of it. Too late. I'm riding my bike up and down the Queensboro Bridge, which is, you know, the big epic long you know it's the most famous looking one other than the brooklyn bridge okay and it's midnight on a tuesday and there's no one around and i'm thinking about this guy (laughs) and i'm singing to myself (laughs) about myself (laughs) i am extraordinary (laughs) if you'd only get to know me and someone else whizzed by me on his bike and went i can hear you and it was like one of the most humiliating things that's ever happened that's horrible i am extraordinary (laughs) if you'd only get to know me that's sad yeah anyway he's a loser is he yeah he i they always are but this is the thing they always are but Mm. he got together several years later Anyway, I won in the end, James. That's all you have yeah, to know. That's yeah. the short version. Good. Mama won in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it there. No, that's great. Love it. Right. Um, Sarah, and finally, mm. the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it? It's sort of a cop-out answer, but basically mm. I feel that it's dogs. Yes. So dogs are wonderful, right? Man's best friend. So dogs are great. Mm-hmm. But dogs are... Owned by dicks. Okay. By dicks. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. So 
a doll. It's like children, right? Like yeah. I've got like kids. Are, you, I've just recently met your daughter. She's mm. such a sweetie pie. Well, thank you very much. But some kids are fucking dicks. They are, yeah. Like you meet a two-year-old and you're like, you're a little dick. I don't feel warmly towards you. And so, so many dogs are just the sweetest mm. dogs of all time. But then you meet these owners who like somehow think their dog is more special than other dogs. And you're like, mm. your dog... like. As a consequence of you thinking your dog is that special, your dog's a dick. Yeah. yeah. And because dogs are kind of so human-y in their ways, they can be the shittiest animals. Mm. So a dog owned by a dick, raised by a person who thinks their dog is the specialist dog. Um, you do, you get people like that, but also people uh, that are dicks and they make their dogs dicks because they're dicks, right? Yeah, the yeah, People yeah. that like get the status dogs and that kind of stuff. No, more someone who's, it's, and I mean, I think it's the same thing with children. Yeah. It's like, if your kid, probably, you probably think it's about your kid, I probably think about my kid. Mm. Like, I believe that the sun shines out of my son's asshole. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. So there's some part of me as I'm walking down the street with him that everyone's looking at me being like, I can't believe she got the greatest <laughs> kid. Oh my God, she's the luckiest woman in the yeah. world. But intellectually, I understand on every possible level my kid is unspecial. Mm. If anything, he's a bit remedial, it seems to me. Yeah, okay. Your daughter is like speaking in full sentences. She's like <laughs> barely even two. My kid can't do anything special. She's a little bit older. She No, no, yeah. no. But I know kids her age. She's, and she's verbally quite advanced, it seems. Anyway, so these people who do seem to think their kids are special. Mm. And it's like... They're not. <laughs> They're just another kid. No one gives a shit. Yeah. yeah. No one gives a fuck about <laughs> yeah. your child. Really? No, not really. Mm. And it's the same thing with a dog. Yeah, for sure. So these people who are like, I know, he's just always been so... Nope. Mm. Nobody cares. We're happy that it's a companion, but no one cares in a real way. Can you think of an occasion like anyone that you know or... Well, when I, obviously this comes from a place of trauma, James. When I okay. was 12, I was in a rollerblading phase. So I'd go on like a morning rollerblade and I was going down a hill on my rollerblades and this woman with an Airedale was like, get out of his way. He hates people on rollerblades. And so I, I didn't oh know how to God. stop. So I got onto the um, grass, the passive patch of grass and the dog jumped up and bit me in my stomach. Oh like my I can God. show you a scar. Oh my God. And she said, so just imagine that your dog has bitten a 12 year old. Like that that's yeah. happened to you as a person. And she went, I told you he doesn't like rollerblades. Oh my God. And I was a child and it was a grown up yelling at me. Anyway, my father sort of, and you know, my husband is like Mr. Animals. My father is not Mr. Animal. When my father found out about this and my dad just like paint a picture He's five foot four. He's a tiny man. He's very, yeah. he's like very beta male. And my father went knocking door to door around like a town of a hundred thousand people until he found the fucking, I got the dog taken away from the owner, which you could argue is like a little too aggressive, but this shouldn't have you. you have a kid. Yeah. yeah it gets bitten for sure. And then the woman yeah. Yells yeah. At you. So, so that dog and that woman. Okay. They're the worst dog owner and dog that I've ever encountered. But now looking back on it, I just hate the woman. The dog is just raised mm. by a bitch. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Not quite a pun, but you know what I mean. So uh, people that just love their dogs too much and that's it. And dogs, Yeah, any yeah. A dog raised by a person who thinks their dog is special. Excellent. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Sarah, um, if people want to find you, where can they, where can they find you? Well, they can find me on Twitter at mm. Sarah, spelled Sarah, S-A-R-A, Baron, B-A-R-R-O-N. But the truth is... I don't really tweet. Yeah, fair play. If I do a gig and someone says, can you retweet it? I retweet a gig I'm doing 
But mm. I, I think the honest answer is that I'm not worth following. Oh. I know, but let's be honest. But that's where you could find me. But is there anywhere anyone can see you regularly? If well, if they you? want to check out my gigs, they can look at my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But I only retweet my gigs sporadically, but doesn't really, you know. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. <laughs>